you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my good friend, Pablo Gonzalez. Welcome, Pablo. Mads, buddy, I am happy to be here. Happy to see your face. Every time that uh, you and I get to connect, I am. Uh, I feel like I'm the the dumbest person in the room when it's a room of two. So, you know, happy to be here, man. <laughs> well, I'm sure that is not the case. But uh, otherwise, uh, the reason why I'm talking to Pablo today is very much because he is an absolute expert and specialist when it comes to networking. And one of the things I see from many business owners and many managers in general is they don't utilize and get the most out of networking in general. And that's really what I want to talk about. So welcome to the show, Pablo. And uh, before I get going too well, there is people around the world who don't yet know who you are, believe it or not. (laughs) Would you mind doing a quick introduction and just telling them a little bit about your background and how you ended up where you are right now? Yeah, for sure, man. First of all, the fact that there's people in the world that don't know who I am is a major issue to me. So I'm really happy that you're doing your part. So I appreciate that, man. And, and, and you know me, I, I'm somebody that's just been obsessed with relationships and friends and how many people that I can, I can, I can be close to and, and, and count on and, and, and be of value to as, as long as I can remember. I first formative memories of my life are walking into preschool and being the only kid that didn't speak English. I was the only a Spanish speaker then. And, that that formative feeling of like needing to connect inside of a room has something that has never left me. So that's only progressed throughout my life. And it turned me into somebody that, you know, is always seeking how to belong in whatever space that I'm in. And I'm also very, very aware of people in a room that don't feel like they belong and them not having that situation. So that's, that's me at my core. I think you've experienced that from the moment that we met, but professionally, I went to university here in the United States, University of Florida, graduated, got a job with a Fortune 500 construction company that had this like executive and training program that moved me out to Southern California, where I became the division manager of Orange County at 25 years old. I was running a $15 million PNL and managing about 120 people. Uh, 2009, I moved back to Miami, started a green building consulting company. And at the same time, I also got really, really involved in nonprofits in my community. And that's what really taught me all these soft skills that, that I now really have like leaned on to, 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 to make a living. And I can talk about that, I'm sure, during the story. But, you know, two years into my consulting company, it got acquired by my biggest client. I went in-house as director of sustainability. I used the connections that I made around the community a couple of years later to ascend into more of a business development role with this theory that you could build businesses by adding value to people around you uh, from the space on the things I learned being around nonprofits and, and that world. And once I didn't shut up about that concept, I, uh, I ended up landing with a startup in Jacksonville, Florida, came up here. I was VP of business development for a startup for e-commerce software. I, you know, proved my thesis in a short amount of time. I, I wanted to prove this community creation for business development thesis outside of just the jurisdiction and just the place that I grew up in. 
And after that, I decided to go off on my own and I started a marketing agency that I is called uh, Be The Stage. And it is content marketing slash community design. But you know, all of it, every everything that I do and everything that I apply in, in business and how I operate and how I structure these business development revenue generation deals from a marketing standpoint, all come back to the core tenets of networking and how you build relationships, which is Mads, as you know, by adding value to people and by being genuine. Yep. Totally makes sense, Pablo. Totally makes sense. And uh, yeah, I see lots and lots of business owners out there. Uh, I would say particularly even more so now in the online business space, right? That, and I'm, I'm also talking pre-corona here, but literally sitting at home either in their basement or, you know, in the living room working their ass off and, you know, often struggling with business because being an entrepreneur is freaking hard, right? Yeah. Like I, I know some make it sound like, a, yeah, yeah, you just do this and this and this and suddenly you're a millionaire. And, and that's not how entrepreneurship works. So entrepreneurship is hard. And my experience is that it becomes significantly easier if you have great like-minded people around you, right? So I would say from an entrepreneurial standpoint, uh, like actually connecting with like-minded people and finding people that you can have those conversations with. Because for most people, you can't talk with your family. You can't talk with your friends. It's not effective, right? And it doesn't, it doesn't bring you what you need in most cases, right? So how, how do you connect with people, Pablo? Like what, what, what is the best way of, like if you're living in Arizona and you're a lonely business owner, like how, how do you go about connecting with others? Oh man. You know, I think we, we can talk about tactics on, on how to connect and where to connect. But to me, connecting with people comes down to, I boiled it down to like three core kind of principles in ascending in the sending order, right? Like number one is being memorable. And we can talk about different ways to make the impression that you want to make. What you know, from a from a strategic relationship building standpoint, to a how you position yourself and how you talk to people, and and the way that you describe what you do, right? Like that is, and 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 what you care about, really more more importantly. Two is being present. So that is people seeing you, right? Like once you make that impression is when and how often they see you is really, really, really important for human connection, right? It's all reps. It's all touch points. If you want to, if you want to go back to sales language. So places that you can meet people and, 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 and online and virtual and, and I'm sorry, in person and virtual and, and how you go about that. And then I think the third level of that is how you become a stage, right? Like how you, how you start to, once you become memorable, once you become really, really present, the next move is to own the space, right? Like how you start creating the opportunities for people to connect around you, right? So I, I always think, I, I now think about it in that three-step process. And if you want to start with being memorable, you know, a couple of things, man. Number one, how you show up matters, right? Like the 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 idea that people when they see me as a, as a networking expert or, or whatever you want to call it, right? Like I've spoken on networking and, and, and it, it is something I've become known for. One of the biggest questions I get is how do you follow up? And my answer to how do you follow up is how you follow up matters inversely less based on the quality of how you show up the first time. 
right? If you make a great first impression with someone, me and you meds, right? Like you and me, you and me met at a conference. We, man, we hit it off for like two, three days. And then we didn't talk for a while. Right. But now we will always have this connection, man. Like I know that I can always follow up with you. I can hit you up with a DM or, 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 or WhatsApp or, or whatever it is at any moment based on the first impression that we made with each other. And that is really, really crucial. So your energy of how you show up into a room is huge, right? Like I, I, I like to tell the story of um, my, my financial analyst, Olti. He's this guy where I'm the smallest guy in his book, right? But he took me on seven years ago and I didn't really know why until one day he called me and it was about filling out some forms. And when I saw his, his name come across my phone, I picked it up and I was like, Holty, what's up, dude? Good to see, good to hear from you, man. And he's like, oh, Pablo, you know, like every time I call you, you're in such a good mood. It puts a smile on my face. And I'm like, yeah, Holty, like I'm happy to talk to you. But at, at that moment, it hit me, man, that the reason why this guy's doing business with me isn't because I have so much money that he really needs to manage it and he's making a great profit on the amount of money he's managing. No, he's just devoting time to looking out for me because when I'm around him, I make him feel a certain way. Right. So that whole like people remember how they how you make them feel, that was it front and center for me. So the way you greet people, the the having a smile and you, you know, when you when you walk into a room, the way that you make eye contact, the way that you present yourself, all of it really, really matters. And I find that a lot of people they kind of begrudgingly go into this like networking stuff, right? They, they begrudgingly show up to the chamber of commerce or the place that they have to, you know, your wife wants you to go to her friend's wedding or whatever. And you just show up kind of like, fine, babe, I'm going to go with you. But if, if you approach it as I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there anyways. So I might as well just show up, right? Like show up, have my best energy. Who knows if wherever you are, you're going to meet somebody that's going to change the game for you, right? Like a, as an entrepreneur, one key relationship can forever change your paradigm, right? Like you make one key relationship. So you got to be open to that stuff. And you're only going to be open to that stuff if you're showing up intentfully to connect with people when the opportunity presents itself. And anytime that you're not doing that is is, is a wasted opportunity. So I, it really starts there. It starts with how you show up, the energy that you bring, the openness that you are to it, and and everything and everything, you know, trickles down from there. Yeah, that I, I totally love that. And I, I think Fundamentally, I mean, conferences is a great example, right? Like I've been at conferences where I've been extremely exhausted and I've still managed to meet great people because that, by nature, I'm a super duper introvert. Most people don't ever know that or get that, but by nature, I'm very introvert. Like when I was 18 years old, I couldn't say hello to a stranger. Uh, like It wasn't possible and it took me a long, long time to learn the whole game of people and uh, push myself to, to actually get out there. And even today, like I, I don't get me wrong. I have no problem standing on a stage talking to 5,000 people. That's easy. But when I come off the stage and I have, if I have to approach people like that is really difficult. If people come up to me and start talking to me, I'm okay with that. Right. But if I have to go and approach someone, if I'm like, Oh, that Pablo over there, I want to go talk to like, that is still difficult. Like I do it. And people, because I do it, people think I'm, I'm not an introvert, but um, like having to push myself to do it can very often be very tough, right? But I've, I've really learned to, I've really learned to, to, to do it, right? And, and I've learned the difference it makes. I've also learned a lot of things about myself in that aspect, right? Because 
Um, one of the things that matters a lot to me is comfort. Like I'm a very sort of comfort person. Mm -hmm. And for example, if I go to a networking event that's in the same venue, when I show up the second time, I'm significantly more confident going uh, around and seeing people because I feel more confident in the place. Whereas the first time I show up in a new venue, like that that just makes it more difficult for me uh, because I don't know like where the room, where's the bathroom, where's the kitchen, whatever, whatever's in this place, right? And I, I don't know why, like it's probably a personality thing more than anything, but uh, that for me, that totally makes a big difference. But I 100% agree with you in terms of the energy right yeah. Like yeah. And, I always, and yeah. what you're saying you know like what you're saying makes a ton of sense to me right because everything i think everything in life is reps right and some people are naturally good at some things but the first time you do something you're not as good as the second time you do it and they're not as good the second time as the third time that you do it so if it's walking into a space or greeting the same people or whatever it is it's gonna it's gonna come with repetitions right so you, you got to have, you, you got to be conscious of that. You got to be conscious of the fact that if networking isn't your thing, if walking up to people, if you're not, I'm an extreme extrovert. I understand that. Right. Like, but there's stuff that I, there's a ton of stuff that I struggle with that. I know that the first time I do it, I, I'm just going to be really, really uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, I, I weigh the cost versus return benefit or, or, you know, the, the, the ROI or the potential of what it's going to bring to me. And you just got to push through the first couple of times. And at a certain, at a certain moment, it starts to get a little bit easier. And, and to me, even, even in that, that, that initial feeling of walking into a room where you don't know anybody, that's, that's always this really, really, really tough feeling. But the best way to get over that part is to get your first rep in, right? Like talk to the first person once you get into your first conversation, then you can kind of forget about all that fear of being the lonely person in the room. And I think that when you were walking into networking situations, a conference, a chamber of commerce event, a charity fundraiser, whatever, there's, there's a lot of things that will always be there. Number one, there's always going to be some kind of a line, right? There's going to be a line of someone registering somewhere. There's going to be a line of some of people waiting for the bar. There's going to be a line of people waiting for food. And I find that in these situations where you're there to network and you're there to meet people, you look at the people in line and they're all down looking at their phone, right? Like you're literally standing next to two people one in front of you, one behind you, and you're looking at your phone when you can easily just turn around and be like, hey, what's up? I'm Mads. What, what brings you here? You know? And, yeah. and that, that to me is a perfect first rep, right? That's a perfect first, just like break the ice, get over that piece, right? And then once you're in a conversation there, now you're walking into a room with somebody else. And now you have this chance to like look more attractive or feel more attractive for people and get that comfort in. And now your next conversation is a little bit easier, right? Like another thing that if, if let's say you happen to fly through, there's no registration, you're prepaid, there's nowhere that people are standing in line. Every single room has the person that is walking back and forth looking kind of like above the eye line, the horizon, pretending like they're looking for somebody, but they're really not. They're just dying for somebody to talk to them. I call that person the floater. That person, if you introduce yourself to them, you've made their day. <laughs> right? like all, all you have to do is find that person and be like, hey man, I see you walking around. You need some company. 
and boom, you're in a conversation. Somebody is super happy that you just saved them from that terrifying, gripping fear of, do I need to go to the bathroom for the third time? Do I need to check my phone? <laughs> right? Like it's, it, you know, and, and, and at the end of the day, if we're talking about adding value to people, you're already adding massive value to that person. Right. So like, to me, those are the first two reps that I look at. It's always like, when I'm in a line, can I just talk to somebody when I'm in a line, just talk to the person in front of me, talk to the person behind me, strike up a conversation so I can walk in with somebody. And if I walk into a room and I'm not talking to anybody, I'm immediately looking for the floater. There's always one in every single, single room, right? Like, and, and that person, even if you wave at them from across the room, they will walk over like a happy puppy when you, and you have a treat because they're just so pumped that they don't need to go through that torture. And there's always another one. So just get into a conversation and it becomes easier. Yeah, so so a couple of things from that. So I, I have a strategy that's a little bit the opposite. So again, that's from being an introvert, right? So um, my strategy is I always look for the lonely guy standing in the corner um, because even though he's probably much harder to open the conversation with, like because he is usually standing looking at his phone and all that stuff, right? Uh, or she. Um, but what I've found is that, again, you make their day, right? So the whole thing is if you go up and say, hey, you know, what are you doing here? Or, hey, yeah, what are you working on or whatever? And, yeah. um, like, you open up and they're like, oh, I didn't know any people and I'm afraid to talk to human beings and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So yeah. even though it's maybe a little bit more awkward, you you totally make that day very easily, right? And so- that's, yeah, that so that's one trick that I've used quite a lot. Um, and I, I think nobody's, nobody's yeah. in a hotel ballroom to check their email, right? like, you know, they're, they're only checking their email because they're waiting for somebody to come up and talk to them no matter where they are. Yeah. Now the, the second thing I would say is for me, the number one, like, as you said, being pressed, right? So despite everyone always checking their phone, it's the one thing I try not to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a few rules. I have a few rules in life. My phone is on silent always. And that is because I, I believe so much in living right here, right now. And I think the whole concept of phones and beeps and notifications and all that crap is the most horrible thing for human beings. Um, so very, very often, if you see me at a, a conference or events and stuff like that, you will very rarely see get my phone out unless I'm making a connection. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, man. You, you mentioned something uh conversation starters what's your what's your what's your go-to like opening line when you talk to somebody do you do do you have stuff that you kind of lean on so here's something i like doing which is handing off a compliment Mm. so if particularly if you're walking like across the room or if you're walking towards someone i like to say hey man you know your shirt look amazing or you have the funniest tie in the world or, or whatever right um I, I like that a lot because it doesn't like everyone walks up to you and say, Hey, what do you do? Right. Or like, who are you? What do you do? And I, I like sort of just having something slightly different. And, and again, if you start with a compliment, it's yeah, it's a great way to open my conversation. Right. It's a little bit less boring and it makes the person feel good. So. Yeah. I listen, I think that that, what do you do lines the worst, uh, anything, but what do you do? Right. Cause that's yeah. such a, that's such a, it's such a canned question that gets a canned response, right? Like I, I like to tell people to start with a with an open-ended question that will in some way allow you to understand some kind of priority that this person has, right? Like think about how can I find out a preference, a priority? My, my go-to line is 
what brings you here, right? Because I think that if I ask what brings you here, number one, I can say that anywhere. I can I've, I can use that line at Starbucks or I can use it at a networking event or at a, or at a wedding or whatever, right? What brings you here? But that allows the person that really wants to go to their crutch of like, well, I'm an accountant and be like, oh, okay, okay. You want to talk about what you do? That's cool. But it also allows for the person to be like, oh, I'm a big fan of the speaker or I'm here because my wife made me come here. It's like, oh, bro, my wife makes me come. You know, like it, it, it allows you, it gives you some kind of insight into a motivation that you can then pry a little bit more into, right? So like, that's, that's my go-to one is, is what brings you here and, and, and anything that is, anything of that ilk, right? Just like, I, I love the compliment. Um, me as somebody that is, as you can already tell, I, I love to talk about myself, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I, I very much focus on trying to ask them a question that they can elaborate on something because that way I can get into like listening mode. Cause I know that I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, my goal is always to get them to speak as much as possible and pry as much as possible and play therapist as much as possible to try to unlock something that allows me some kind of key to a motivation or a passion or something that they're really, really looking forward to that I can, that I can get them to feel good about. Cause I know eventually it's going to turn around to me and I'm not going to shut up. Right. So I, I try to focus on that. And I, I think that's, that's a great one. Like, so I, I always find that, I mean, it's back to this old saying that, you know, people don't necessarily remember what you said or how you said it, but they remember how you made them feel. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the absolute key things. Right. I, I totally agree with listening. Like here's the thing. When you talk, you don't learn. You learn when you listen. All right. And I think that's a fundamental. So like when I meet other people, Often, like I have a lot of people who come up to me and says like, oh, I never realized what you do or whatever. But, but the whole thing is if you leave them with an impression that if they feel good afterwards, they will come seek you out again, right? And the, the problem I have with most people is they feel networking is like a sales pitch, right? And I feel sorry for those people because when you get pitched a sales pitch, uh, that's typically not a very good feeling you walk away with afterwards. So it's kind of like, oh, that was... 45 seconds of my life that I'll never see again. Um, or, or even worse, like the card slippers. They're like, hey, my name is Paul. Here's my card. And you're like, yeah, thanks, Paul. That was totally useless. But uh, yeah. 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 What are you, a nightclub promoter? I'm not here. I'm not here yeah. to go to your club, bro. <laughs> yeah. No, but, 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 but I find that, I find that very, um, yeah, I, I find the approach. I mean, it's all about, again, if you come with high energy, if you seem interested in people, like the, the challenges for me, like I learned to be interested. I'm, I'm super into people specifically because I've spent a lot of time studying people and behavior and like that excites me now. But when I was younger, like I, people didn't really excite me in that way. And I, I would still, even if I weren't super interested in knowing about them, I would still pretend to be, right? Yeah. Just because when you, when, you, when you show them the ear, when you let them talk, they will just like you more. Like that was my experience, right? Totally, man. Listen, I, I very, very vividly remember meeting you for the first time. Like I, I, I remember how we connected and I remember you walked into a room with your business partner and he had a backwards hat on and I, you know, I show up like super energetic and your business partner engaged with me or, or the guy that you were there engaged with me first. And you just kind of like walked away and I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta get back to that other dude that just walked away. And then when we reconnected at the end of the night, you were super tired, right? Like I could tell, I could tell that you were, you were pretty exhausted. You were pretty burned out. And I was trying to, I, I kept on asking questions and 
I was new to this, new to the online world. It was my first event as the VP of business development for this like startup company. So I didn't, I didn't really have a lot of ammunition to, to talk to you educatedly about the industry or what we're doing there. Cause I didn't even know who Ezra Firestone was yet. Right. Like, even though we were there for an event, but I remember I asked a couple of questions and then at some point you said in passing, well, I'm kind of an expert in, in, in human happiness. And at that point I was like, ah, here we go. And then I'm like, oh, Mads, tell me then what is the key to human happiness? I had just listened to this like Freakonomics podcast about it and I had my own take and I was ready to like give value. And at that point I, I felt your energy completely change and you're like, oh, actually, and you, and you stunned me, man. You told me that it was about not having judgment for people. And that led to this amazing discussion that I, I really do credit with the foundation of our relationship. I don't think if, if we would have got, if we wouldn't have gotten to that point, I don't know if you and I would have had this relationship that ended up flourishing for those three days. And now we're, we're friends now three years later, right? No, totally agree. And, and I think, I, I think for a lot of people, um, get, getting to that point can be difficult because again, if you're constantly asking these like, let's call them boring questions. Like, what do you do? What are you selling? What are you, whatever. Um, most people, when they ask someone else that, they're asking, they're hoping for them to ask the question back and then they're going to promote themselves, right? <laughs> yeah. And that, that's basically what people do. Um, yeah. and, and I find it like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. You even know if my elevator pitch is locked in because I don't really care that much about it. Um, but what I care about is that those other conversations, right? Yeah. Um, and I think I think fundamentally, like you want to find things exactly as you say. You want to find things you connect with people about, right? Like it doesn't matter. Like if you see them wearing a, a cap for a certain football team, or if you're like if they're wearing a golf t-shirt or whatever, like find something you connect with them on, right? And make sure that, you know, if you find similarities, it makes it so much easier to have great conversations, right? Totally, man. And and listen, and you don't have to take that, you don't have to take the elevator pitch at face value, right? Like I, I think one of the big things that changed for me was once people told me their elevator pitch, I'd be like, oh, I guess this conversation is done. I, I decided at one point that, Actually, it goes back to this conversation I was having. I was I was in the boardroom with the executive director of the Miami Lighthouse for the Blind, this lady, Virginia Jocko, who's an incredible connector. She's this lady that went, she was a banking exec that went blind late in life and then became the executive director of this charity and has taken it from like a, you know, $500,000 a year kind of like budget to like a $20 million a year budget and has built this like four-story building and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, so we're there planning this meeting and- we're, we're planning this meeting for young professionals. And my, my counterpart, this guy, Otto, she, we were talking about who can we invite and who can we do this? And she kept on dropping these like big name people from, from town of like, maybe this guy can work. And Otto would be like, oh, that guy's in insurance. You know, like the key to the insurance business is renewals and it is this recurring revenue model. And then she'd be like, oh, okay. And then uh, I got this other guy and he'd be like, oh, that guy's in uh, auto sales. The key to the business model was this. And at a certain point when he like delineated all these different business models, she looked at him and goes, Otto, you're a super interesting guy. And at that point I'm like, ah, I know what I got to do in conversations to be as interesting at auto is every time somebody tells you what they do, if even if, if, if you know nothing about it, be like, what's the key to that business model? Right. Like what is what 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 makes you good at that job? Right. Like what is the pain point that you had to overcome to get good at this? And the more conversations you have with people about that, the more ammunition you start to build for next time you run into a commercial realtor or something like that. 
and you just had a conversation with another commercial realtor that told them what makes you good at his job and they're not talking, you can contribute. Hey man, I heard that this guy from uh, CB Richard Ellis told me that the key to being a good commercial realtor is knowing XYZ market dynamic. What do you think of that? And boom, now you've got more, you know, like it's, it's those reps that you can add to, but like when people, when people go into that, what I do thing, you can really get them passionate talking about themselves when you ask them what makes them good at that. And then that serves as this like compounding value for you in order to get into more conversations later down, later down the road. That's something I've never really mentioned before, but I think it's pretty relevant. Yep. I, I, I like that a lot. And I think, yeah, it, it goes back to what we said earlier, like get people talking, get, yeah. get talking. Like sometimes the same, I don't necessarily know the industry people are in, but I can like, often you can bring up something like, oh, you know, I saw that industry was struggling. How are you doing? Or like, you know, wow, you know, you own a restaurant. Well, that must be tough during Corona. Like what, what are you doing to, to keep yeah. running? Or like, what have you done differently? Or something like yeah. that, right? Yeah. Or, so or, it, or what are you doing the moment you get back to the office? What's your next thing that you're going to do? Like get, get some insight into their life, you know? Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. And so, so you go to these different events. Uh, and by the way, I've done a lot of events, right? And I've found, and this might be based on my personality type, right? But what I find is that I like industry-specific events uh-huh. because, again, it, it enables me to find people that are relevant to something I do. Yeah. And then I like events that are around personal development. So I initially, when I first started out, I did like a lot of these BNI events and I did all these networking events. And then again, I had a rule. If I get five business cards within 30 minutes, I'm out of here. And, <laughs> and, and that was like, and that, that was what happened with a lot of these events. But what I started doing instead, uh, I, I used a, a, a site called meetup.com, which was great. And I love going to meetups that was around like, learning and development so that could be like maybe people wanting to learn a language or people wanting like one i like probably the biggest value network i will jump into was toastmasters which is all about public speaking and so on and it's so awesome because people are not there to sell people are there to learn and people who take out time of their day pay a little bit of money out of their own pocket to learn and develop themselves those are the people that i want to be around because those are the people who excite me, right? And that's probably, so So I stopped doing all these sort of networking groups and all these, that's kind of stuff, because at least for me, that does not work, right? Um, but I found anything that's to do with personal development and growth and uh, all that sort of stuff, that's, that's my crowd, right? And, you know, I'm not saying everyone there is interesting, but I'm saying when I go to those events, like, I find one, two, three people every single time that I'm interested in. And the, the benefit with some of those bigger groups, like Toastmasters in particular, is the fact that, you know, any city I go in the world, there's a club. Like I can go in beforehand and I can see, well, okay, I'm in Singapore on a random Wednesday, you know, where's a club that's open and where can I go meet a bunch of people? And instantly you walk in and you literally have a network of 15, 20 people in a couple of hours, right? Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, listen, I think um, I didn't get into Toastmasters till like 2019, man, but I love it. I think Toastmasters is awesome. And what you're saying is true. When you're in a room of people trying to better themselves, it's way better than in a room that is like the Latin Builders Association. 
or you know the the uh, whatever 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 industry night of everybody kind of like doing the same thing. Uh, for me, man, it was nonprofit groups, right? Like I, I, my big takeaway when I first moved back to Miami was I had left Miami thinking that it was this really vacuous city and people were flaky. And, you know, I, I, I wasn't interested in the, Hey bro, what you doing tonight, bro? You want to go get a drink, bro guy. Um, but once I, once I started getting involved in nonprofits by starting young professional organizations for nonprofits, I, I, I didn't know what I was getting into, but I really quickly realized that when you, a couple of things. One is when you're in a room where everybody proves that they care at least a little bit about something other than themselves, yeah. it provides a pretty nice floor for the character that's in that room, right? Yeah. So that would be how I would start to recruit. That's how I started recruiting people to the, to the young professional groups. I'd just be like, hey man, you know, Miami's a really flaky city. I know that you're sick of your friends. Like you're, you're, you're not at the club scene. You're aging out of that. You want something better in this room, maybe not everybody's your cup of tea, but everybody cares a little bit about something that isn't themselves. And that's a really, really good filter. The other thing that I realized, Maz, is the most influential people in your town are on the boards of nonprofits, right? So I, I, I quickly realized that that was a back door to influence, right? Like being able, being able to walk in through the door of, oh, I'm just going to be the co-chair of this like happy hour or this gala or whatever, or I'm going to be the secretary of this um, Habitat Young Professionals group or, 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 or whatever it was, allowed me a direct line of access to the people on the board of that charity. And I could connect with them however I wanted because I'd say, oh, hey, man, I'm volunteering at this charity that you really, really care about. I would love to ask you about what you're passionate about for this charity, how to get more involved. And then you're in the room with, some of the some of the biggest influencers in town and 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 that became very very apparent to me then the pattern recognition that all these people took the same path and as you age in those groups your network gets stronger and stronger and you get more and more connected that became really really obvious to me as well so i'm a big fan of and i've i've recently done this right like right before coronavirus broke out we went to um mobile alabama for the <laughs> for the senior bowl right the, there's um the college American football all-star game where the seniors from the, from, from the college play for the last time in front of NFL scouts to, to go into the professional league for the pros happens, happens in this really small town in Alabama, right? Al, you know, Alabama, it feels like it's like everybody assumes like America, Alabama, right? Like it's that, right? It's this really tiny town with like one street and four restaurants. And we were fundraising for this startup and we wanted to go and connect with, guys that were about to sign million dollar deals and their yeah. agents and the whole entourage. One of those nights, I found out that there was a local charity event happening. And I told the founder, I said, Hey man, you know, we got plenty of time to hit up these like NFL people and sports figures and Gary V was in town and all this stuff. Let's go check out this charity fundraiser. Cause I guarantee you all the old money in Alabama is there tonight. And effectively it happened, right? Like we walked in, it was a summer, it was cool. It was like a lip sync competition for, for some, for, for some charity. And we walked in and we made a couple of amazing connections with old oil money and infrastructure money that served us really, really well, because it was that pattern recognition of if there's a charity event, there's going to be, you know, one sector of people that are just like really sweet people that really, really want to give one sector of people that are there because their friend made them go there. And then there's going to be another sector of, of people that are there that are, are the real like influencers and the decision makers of your town. And it's, it's just proven true. It's now, now I've been doing that in Jacksonville and it's been wonderful, man. Like, I feel like I got really connected really, really quick here. Yeah. So, so the one thing I would say, uh, actually you mentioned it yourself, but boards of nonprofits, 
right? Yeah. So I've found boards of nonprofit being exactly what you say. There's some people who just care the hell out of everyone and they're great, nice people. And then you have a lot of very influential people, right? So when I lived in the UK, uh, I joined a couple of boards, uh, nonprofits, and for, for exactly the same reason, right? Like I, I love doing volunteer work. I, I, I didn't have a ton of time. Like I work corporately in IBM management and stuff and I'm, I put a lot of hours in, but but I found out I found the time to do some some board jobs and um, again like it's such a great way to connect with some awesome people, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And and exactly as you say, like that there is typically some heavy hitters if it's some decent nonprofit uh, boards, right? And again, like by the way, even if you're not a business person, learning about being on a board and actually having that experience is freaking great. Right. It doesn't really matter. It's nonprofit, but like even that experience, even if, if you're wanting to get into business or if you run your own company, like being on the board of a different company, learning to look at other businesses from the outside. A lot of the time, what you realize is that advice you give is advice you should be taking yourself. hundred percent, so. man. hundred percent. And, and, and the other thing is a referral from somebody is very different if it's like, hey man, I've just known this guy for three years and we're friends on Facebook versus, oh, I had to pull off on event with this dude, right? Like I had to, I meet with this guy every quarter to go over these like quarterly statements. He gives great financial advice to the board or, you know, when we were fundraising for whatever, this guy, you know, he really went out there and he found like a $20,000 donor, right? Like the, the, the level of referral you get from people that you're on the boards with is a much higher level of referral than your college buddy or your friend's friend or whatever it is, right? It'll get you in the door. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's, it's a great way of looking at it, right? And it's not, again, it's not about referrals, um, but it's about this, like, yeah, it, it's really just about getting to a point where, you're not, like when you build out your network and, and you do that, right? Like referrals are gonna come. And I'm like, my businesses, despite being an introvert, my businesses is built on the back of networking. Like I'm absolutely horrifically bad at marketing. And, you know, I, I built a coaching business, which is management consulting. And, and that was built on the back of networking. I build an outsourcing company in the Philippines where we have over 150 staff and that's built on a bag of networking. Like for five, six years, I didn't even have a website. Like despite being in the online space, I didn't even have a website, but so many people got to know me. And the thing is when you provide great results, like life is great. And literally, I, I mean, I don't think I've ever had a client that have been unhappy. And I think... Uh, I think fundamentally that means that, you know, when people talk about me, uh, it's typically a good thing, right? And when you're in that situation, when you're then, like it takes a while to start up, but when you get started, when you have people like always talking about you, referring you, you people, like that's a great situation to be in and, and your business just grows from that point, right? 100%, man, 100%. And it does take a while to start up. And it's, I, I look at networking like brand, right? Like if you have a, if you have a great, you know, Nike gets business without having to do much, right? Because they have a great brand networking, your name, your reputation is your brand that takes a long time to build. But if you want to think about it on the short term, man, I don't know. Did you ever read the book black Swan by Nassim Tlaib? No. So 
you're familiar with, I feel like the world now knows what a black swan event is after, mm-hmm. after COVID, right? <laughs> so, you know, any, for our friend that's listening to us right now, hasn't heard the term black swan is a, it's a, it's an event that happens that you could not have seen coming that you can then justify in hindsight, but it irrevocably changes the course of history forever. Right. So COVID was a negative black swan. 9-11 was a negative black swan. There's also positive black swans, like the, like the invention of penicillin, the internet, stuff like that. This guy Nassim Tlaib, who was a, a financial advisor, wrote a book about an investment philosophy based on black swans. And his philosophy is to invest like 85, 90% of your portfolio in really safe stuff, and then expose 10 to 15% of your portfolio in industries that are open to, to black swans, right? But that's neither here nor there. Within that book, he talks about the high cost of living in New York City. And he talks about how the cost of living in New York City is so high, in part, people stomach it, because the density of people in New York City that are all paying really, really high rents that are really, really high earners systematically exposes you to more positive black swans in the way of making a relationship, right? Like the fact that you got to share cabs with people or be on a subway with people or be in this very, very dense city of high earners means that you have a higher probability of meeting somebody that could change the game for you. For me, networking is a systematic way to expose yourself to positive black swans, right? So yes, it's going to take a long time to build your network, but every single at-bat you get, every single relationship you get could be that positive black swan. So if you're thinking about it in the micro, you just got to be open to the possibility that the guy that took you 50 minutes to talk about, you know, getting to the point of how the science of happiness could be a guy that two years later is going to coach you for six months for free and help you start your business. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you were a positive black swan for me. So it's, 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 it's that, it's that mentality. It's that openness to, to the idea that you can learn stuff forever, but one person, one right introduction can forever change the profile of your business can forever change your life can, can, can change things, you know, can overnight change everything that is happening in your life. If you get that one right relationship and you got to be open to it, man. I totally agree, and and I mean I so I as I said I've I've really learned to get into people, and I I always I call it falling in love, uh, in lack of a better term, but like I I can get really really excited about people nowadays, and what what I really like about understanding people and behavior is the fact that I'm I'm so much better at picking up people that I'm interested in actually spending time with, right? So I'm I'm so much better at um, meeting people, and and. I have this on a regular basis, at least monthly, where I meet a human being. I'm like, you know, I come home from the networking event and I'm kind of like, say, hey, you know, let's meet tomorrow. And like, I'm so excited that I like, I don't want to wait till next week. Yeah. Now, I've, I've realized that if, you, if you're too much, that's not a great thing. But, uh, but <laughs> um, like, I love getting excited about people, right? And it, it's not about like, oh, you know, can they help me get my business to the next level? That's not what it's about. It's about meeting great people. And if you meet enough great people, and I think it was Six Sigler that once said, if you help enough people being successful, uh, eventually you become successful yourself kind of thing. And I've found that to be 100% truth, right? And and my focus is so much on helping people um, that I, I, I don't ever mind if there's something in it for me. Like I, I never go and help someone because I might get a return favor someday. I just do it because I know that it, it, it makes the world a more positive place for me because when you help a lot of people, people talk about you and mm-hmm. in a good way, hopefully. Um, yeah, man. 
Yeah, yeah. And that and that you nailed it, man. That is the key, right? The key is to be of service. Cause it's it's yes, if you help enough people, they're gonna they're you're 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 gonna be helped eventually. But at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure the science has proven that human beings are happiest when they're in service, right? Like we are happiest when we have a purpose, when we're fulfilling some kind of a mission, when we're applying our superpowers in order to like move a cause, right? So I I, I think that service mentality is not just great for meeting people, but it's great for internal happiness, man. That's, that's the other big thing that I learned in, in, in being part of nonprofits is that they, people have tapped into that. Yeah. Yeah. Great, man. I love it. That was a great conversation. And yeah, I'm sure it will be super useful to the audience as well, particularly the ones that are not so comfortable with networking already. Yeah. 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 Pablo, if, if people are eager to get hold of you and get to know more about you, what's the best place to do so? Check out the Chief Executive Connector podcast. That is that is my baby. I, I talk to the most interesting people in my network. And, you know, I'm, I, I use something we haven't talked about is the idea that having a platform, having a podcast, having a, a group of people that you can put in front of somebody else is really the perfect excuse to meet anybody. Right. And I, and I use, and I use that as my excuse. Right. So it's anything from a great book that I've read, like from a FBI spy catcher that I then connect with because I have a podcast and I can promote them. I'll have that conversation. We talk a lot about networking on the podcast and human connection and stuff like that. Mads, you've been, we've been talking about having you on the podcast forever and we just can't get our, our times lined up because my calendar sucks and you know, I'm, 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 I'm terrible with technology, but we're going to have you on there soon too, man. I can't, I can't wait to have that, but yeah, chief executive connector podcast. Um, if you search my name, Pablo Gonzalez with a Z at the end on any platform, it's impossible to find me because I have the most common Hispanic name of all time. But if you search it on Apple podcasts or Spotify, my two podcasts show up, right? So like, it's the one place that I, that I rank on it's in search in, in audio search. So if you, if you look up Pablo Gonzalez, um, look up the chief executive connector podcast, I, I would appreciate a listen there. And from there, you can figure out how to reach out to me. Awesome. Well, Pablo, thank you very much. Awesome having you on. And to the audience, we'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening this far. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.